Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Here in the studio with Andy Mason. Andy comes from New Zealand and he has 15 plus years experience helping individuals and organizations discover and align with purpose, then develop practical steps to make dreams a reality. He's worked for a national consultancy firm and leading financial institution, as well as investing in international community development. Andy is the director of Heaven and Business and together with his wife, Janine, leads Dream Culture, a movement catalyzing people to discover and live their dreams. Andy and Janine live with their four children in Redding, California. And Andy, it is a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you so much, Matt. Yeah, so Andy and I met actually here in Birmingham and doing this uh, remote interview. He's in Redding, I'm in Birmingham. Uh, Met here in town at a Heaven and Business conference over at Oak City Church. And I went to the conference because I wanted to learn more about incorporating, uh, you know, Holy Spirit in my business, which is what heaven and business is all about. And the first night, though, they actually had words of knowledge. They had the team from Bethel School of Supernatural and called out words of knowledge. And uh, one of the young ladies on the team said, is there somebody here with left knee pain? And I had a partially torn ACL, came in with a knee brace on, and I raised my hand and she said, well, the Lord revealed it and he wants to heal it. And they prayed, healed instantly. Wow. And so, you know, my own personal testimony, I came for business. I got healed from something that needed surgery. So uh, I was already on board with what you were doing at that point. But um, the the conference itself was was so incredible. And, um, you know, got on the online platform, have been uh, a subscriber there for a while. And then also uh, read both of your books. And, oh, wow. cool. um, and in reading the book, specifically Dream Culture, you know, I prayed, Lord, I want to hear from you in dreams. I want you to speak to me in dreams. And with that, there were two specific things, two prophetic warnings that he gave me regarding this particular podcast that I was really seeking clarity on. And he did both of those in dreams. And it was um, extremely powerful. So I just want you to know the impact that you've had on me. I know you're having an impact on other people, but me specifically. Those are personal testimonies that I've had just in the, the limited amount of time that I've spent with you or been paying attention to your content. So thank you. Thank you, Matt. That's I really appreciate that. Yes. It's always good to hear. Absolutely. Well, you know, testimony builds faith and, and I want everybody here to hear your story and, and what led you to develop Heaven in Business. Um, you, you took a major leap of faith to leave. New Zealand, kind of walk the listeners through what that looked like and yeah. uh, kind of how you got started. Yeah, great question. So from New Zealand, uh, background is agriculture, finance, business consultancy, uh, very involved in local church. I love local church. So serving there as well. And around 2008, my wife and I, our children were aged two, four, six, and eight years time, eight year old at the time. 
obviously they keep growing. Right. And we were praying about our future because I was working as a relationship manager with a large agricultural bank at the time. Phenomenal job, very involved locally, but just since there was something changing and not quite sure where it was. And I traveled with a buddy to, we were doing some some kind of mission type work in Uganda, microfinance, orphan program type uh, type things. And I was just saying, I don't, look, I'm not sure what I don't understand. Uh, there no, seems to be nothing where we are. So just, I was confused. And he, my buddy asked me, he said, Andy, what if you ask God if it's not about uh, a business or a ministry or a change in job, what about a change in geography? Have you asked God, is your future in this location? And I'd never, ever considered leaving New Zealand. Mm. So I went home, wrote in my journal uh, with my wife, is our future in this location? And within uh, within five days, God had spoken to myself and my wife mm. specific scriptures that told said very, very clearly, leave everything and go to a country that I will show you. Uh, get out of your family, get out of your country from your family, from the Father's house to the land I'll show you. In Jeremiah 3.14, wow. I will take you one from a city, two from a family, and I'll lead you to Zion and set shepherds over you according to my heart. I'll feed you with knowledge and understanding. Then Joshua 1 verse 2, which is now arise you and this people with you and cross over the Jordan, which was the line of limitation set on you into the land of risk and promise. So that freaked freaked me (laughs) out. Uh, Some people say, that must be awesome. Like, no, I'm terrified. (laughs) Like, where and when, and it became very clear it was now. And as we sought wise counsel, and just submitted it to the Lord. It, 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 and we're just talking about where would even possibly go. And one of us mentioned, hey, we know we've we've been to this conference in New Zealand with this guy, Bill Johnson. He's got some ministry school or something. Mm-hmm. Do you think God's leading us there? And as one of us said that, it was like a light bulb pops. And so it's like, oh, my gosh, that's mm-hmm. it. So that was 2008. Uh, it was uh, about, what was it? Less than three months between hearing God and packing everything into uh, 10 suitcases, hopping on a plane with four kids under the age of eight, traveling and landing in Redding, California. I'd never been to the States before. Uh, We arrive here, and I did the ministry school, and my wife just picked and chose what she did because we had two kids that were still not in school, so we're trying to navigate being in a new environment, learning, how do we do all this? And during that first year school of ministry, I love this whole concept of uh, that is really a core foundation of the school is as Jesus prayed on earth as it is in heaven. It's not a prayer or just a prayer. It's a declaration. So what does it look like? And from my background and perspective and understanding, for us to experience what Jesus paid for in our communities, in our cities, in our nation, It's more than just praying for sick people. It's more than uh, inviting people to a decision to follow Jesus. It has to affect Mm. cities. As in, if Jesus died for all creation to be fully alive, that means cities must thrive, which means the economic engine of the city, which means the business people. So my question was, in the first year school of ministry, what are we doing with the business Mm. people? We've got to do something. And I was met with, well, I, I don't know. So eventually somebody connected me to a local business person and said, well, you just do something. So it was one of those, okay. 
And so we did. We connected with a local business person, and they actually had already had a prayer club that was going on at 7 a.m. on a Monday morning. So myself and a, a Canadian businessman who was doing school of ministry as well, both went down there, supported and served them, and just started to ask the question, what is possible when we partner with God in our workplace? Not just principles, but the very person of Jesus. Not putting a fish or some slogan, but actually listening to his voice. What does it look like? What is possible? Are miracles limited to the pulpit? or are they Can they be experienced and, and lived out in the workplace? And we started to ask those questions more and more and more. And 10, 11 years later, now I can say, oh, it's, it's real. It, oh, my, oh, my gosh, yeah. it's so real. And it's really the, the most exciting, scary, fun, terrifying <laughs> adventure that we've been on in our lives. Wow, that is an amazing story. And, and you glossed over a few details that, you know, first of all, the, the goal of this show is for people to understand that, that you can do business and do it God's way at the same time. Like that there doesn't have to be a choice. The answer is yes, you can, you know, be in partnership with God and be in business at the same time and and still pursue all the things that he's got and, and work in the marketplace as well. And you know, so that's what you are doing right now. But but at the same time, you know, in order to shift, in order to make what God wants you to to do um, work in, in order to follow, you know, the ways of the word versus the ways of the world, they're polar opposite. So, you know, in order to follow him, there has to be a sacrifice. There has to be obedience. And, and you not only were obedient, but you also sacrificed, you sold everything that you had in order to, to make that happen. those first, you know, days, weeks, months look like, uh, where, all right, God, I heard you and I'm, I'm obedient, but you're walking it out. What did that look like? Great question. I mean, it, it works right down to the, we were trying to, you know, how do you even get a place to rent in a foreign country? I've got a family of four and we're from New Zealand. So we, we've never lived in a city before either. So we're not, don't put us in a box that'll kill me and my family. <laughs> my family will kill me. It's like I've got to have. We need a. We need a property or a house. So we thought we couldn't find anybody to rent mm -hmm. from at the time, because the feedback. Well, you're a foreigner. I'm not sure of your credit record. We can't trust you, even though I was willing to pay cash mm -hmm. upfront for 12 months. So that was a challenge. And so finally, I secure a vacation rental for two weeks, figuring once someone sees us and meets us face to face, mm -hmm. we'll be able to find a place. Well, 10 days from flying out of New Zealand, I get word that that place has canceled because they had a plumbing problem mm. and the place is flooded. So I'm now 10 days out, four little kids, brand new everything, and we don't know what to do. And I'm still working 
it, it was scary. And I didn't want to tell my wife because I know it just would, she was already like the level imagine. of anxiety in, in moving four little kids. So I just remember going in a particular location on a business trip and just saying, God, guide my eye, guide my eye. And I looked up online, the the school had some recommended accommodation places. And I just caught my eyes, this one two-bedroom uh, fully furnished apartment. And I'm like, it's not what we want, but I'll just trust God and go with it. So I contact the owner and say, this is our situation. There's six of us. Uh, is it still available? And this random stranger responds, uh, no, it's not, but you can come and stay with me. <laughs> I'm like, okay, she's clueless. She's got no idea. So I respond, thank you so much, but there's six of us. And she responds, yes, I know my limits. Uh, you can come and stay with us. Uh, I'm a single mum, uh, three children. Uh, I've got a four-bedroom home, plus there's a bedroom in the garage. Uh, you and your wife can have two bedrooms. So it turned into an answer from God. We land there. She loans us a vehicle. Uh, literally gives us the key to the house. She's not even there when we arrive. So that kind of environment was scary and having to trust God like I never knew I didn't. Uh, learning to drive on a different side of the road, learning uh, the different cuts of meat in the <laughs> supermarket. Uh, it was just all those little things having to go right from we finally find a place, but now we've got to get everything from cutlery to plates to filling a house. And and I have a banking background as well, so I'm watching mm. every single dollar go out thinking, oh, this is crazy, mm. this is crazy, this is crazy. Thinking, okay, this is going to be a year, and, I'm, and I've taken all of my retirement savings and we've put it into a year. And so we invest that year because we know that's what God said, but mm. then nothing, no income. And I'm, and it's pushing on all of my fear around financial future and trust. And I know God says, trust me. Well, that's really good. And right. until you've got the opportunity not to, and we're right smack in that. And so I end up going straight from first year into an internship with one of the leaders in the environment. But again, we're paying our own way. So I figured the only way to move forward is sell our house. So we sold our house in New Zealand, uh, transferred the money. The exchange rate was terrible at the time. So even those decisions, I'm like, God, none of this makes sense other than I know that you told us to do this and we're walking and trusting you. And in the end, it ends up being three wow. years with zero income. And I get down to a point where I've got $20,000 left in the bank. I know to get flights and travel back to New Zealand. We've now sold our house. We've got mm -hmm. nothing left in New Zealand to cover us, to get back, to get a job. I'll be fine. I'll be able to get a job, but it's going to take time, a vehicle, everything. And so I'm like, okay, when I get down to $20,000 in the bank account, that would be the reasonable, wise thing to do is to leave and go home and to say, okay, it's been a great learning experience. It's time right. to become, let's get real people. It's time to do something practical. And uh, I was in that period of time and I remember being at a an event serving the leader I was serving and I'm in the middle of worship and I'm struggling. I've got everything of what God has said as in we're supposed to be here is extended. They even talked about a land and house and 
all of these different words that he's spoken. But my current circumstances were terrible. Financially, no income in sight. Mm -hmm. None of it made sense. And I remember lifting my hands in worship and I said, God, I've got what mm -hmm. you've said and I've got my current experience, current circumstances. They're complete opposites. But God, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not letting go. And I lift my hands and I'm just saying, God, I will not let go. of If we hit the wall, I'm just going to trust that you're going to make a way through the wall, but I'm not letting go. And I think it's some kind of breakthrough faith statement of mine. But then I opened my eyes and there in the, the church where we were at, there was mm -hmm. somebody who'd done painting on the stage mm -hmm. during the worship and they hear from God and they paint what they, they see God show them. And this woman had painted a hand coming down from mm -hmm. heaven and a hand coming up from earth. And the statement or title mm -hmm. was, never let go. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is set up for me. But the more I looked at it, I realized the hand coming down from heaven is much bigger than the mm -hmm. hand going coming up from earth. And I had this revelation. If I let go of God, mm -hmm. he's still not going to let go of me. And I have this revelation in that moment that my trust is not based on my ability to hold on to God, but I trust in his ability to oh, hold good. on to me. And that changed everything in that moment. And about three months mm -hmm. later, things started to turn around financially, slowly, and have been bumping along and slowly improving. But that was a pivotal point of coming to the end of myself and my ability and learning Oh, it's not about my ability. It's about trusting yes. that he has a hold of me. Yeah, so uh, I'm similar, um, you know, not to the extent that, that you walk through uh, by any means, but, um, you know, when I felt like God called me to start my firm, I took that leap of faith. And my wife and I, we both had peace about it. And, and ultimately, it didn't make sense to a lot of people. And when I did it, you know, that first year I lost 40% of my income and, you know, it's like, all right, did I become bad at what I'm doing? No, but, uh, yeah. God, did I make a mistake? No, but, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, could I go back to where I was? You know? Yeah, I, I could, but right. I just, I felt like, you know, I was still trying to hold on to, Again, being financial guy, like you're looking at the dollars and cents of the decision. You're like, wow, this was a huge mistake. Yep. And ultimately it was at some point in that year, we went to a prophetic service and the pastor there, our friend, brother Max, he prayed over us and, and he prophesied. He said, I know that right now you're in the desert, but God did not call you out of Egypt to leave you in the desert. He called you out of Egypt to get to the promised land. And I know that you look back and you think, well, over there I was, was fed. And over there, uh, I, I knew where everything was going to come from, but you were a slave, but he called you from yeah. Egypt to the promised land. Just keep pressing in. And it was, it was a direct word from the Lord at the right time. He knew nothing about our situation, but God revealed that to him. And it confirmed that I was on the right path. And it gave me that peace. And, and ultimately that year, that was a year I started to surrender and realize like, it's not based on my merit. It's not based on what I'm capable of. It's based on obedience. It's based on following him. It's based on trusting him. 
and knowing that he's going to provide. If he's called me to it, he's not going to let me fall on my face if I do my end of the, the bargain. And um, but it is so hard when, you know, I've got a wife, I've got two little girls and, you know, bills to pay. And I always tell people, you know, the income went down, but the bills didn't get reduced 40 percent, you know. So um, I completely understand what it's like to, to take that leap of faith for for something that, you know, doesn't make sense to a lot of people. But it's something you feel like the Lord has called you to do. And uh, now on the other side of that, the, the fruit that you're seeing from that, uh, talk about like where you've come from. Uh, from the point that you were at in the struggle to the successes that you guys are having now uh, with Heaven and Business and the things that you guys are seeing. There's, there's probably two different tracks. One is the personal walk uh, with myself, my wife, my family, and I, I, it's, it's sometimes you, you know, you, you talked about sacrifice and obedience, and yes, it cost us something, and it still is an ongoing cost in terms of mm-hmm. being so far away from my family and my siblings and uh, some of my friends that you know, I lived mm-hmm. 30, 33 years in New Zealand. So that, you know, that's an ongoing cost, not just to me, but to my family and the house, the financial position, the future, all of those things. But the, the journey of the last 11 years and the personal growth that I've experienced mm-hmm. and my friendship or walk with God, where it literally feels like cracks in my foundations around who I am and him and my identity are being repaired that it just it's, it's I've heard it say you, you know you feel like God says to give up and sacrifice and so you hold out what you've got on your hand but it you look down and what's in your hand is the best of what you got right. is pebbles and he exchanges them with diamonds so then it's kind of like the sac- yes it's a sacrifice mm-hmm. but compared to what we've got as a result oh, right, I do it again right, in a heart right, probably more right. relaxed <laughs> but I do it again in a heartbeat. So that personal walk and seeing how my kids are growing and, you know, one of my daughters that, so they're now 13, 15, 17 and 19 and just watching the opportunities and things that they get to step into Mm -hmm. is just an amazing, amazing, wonderful thing. So that's one level. Um, Secondly, watching what's happening with heaven and business and, Really, the core of that is helping people see and experience how much God values their everyday work. And then we equip them to build excellent business or whatever it is you do in workplaces, whether you're an educator or in government or you're a janitor. 
How do we equip you to partner with God in that place and do an excellent job so that then you begin to engage wherever you are in shaping the values of the cities that you serve? That is crazy fun. So some of the things that are happening there, um, I, I get to do advisory work with a businessman who really, his first call was, I want to quit. I want you to advise me on how to quit my job. 64 years old. Uh, it's now a tech startup in a, in a specific space, and they were walking with opioid-addicted mm. women in pregnancies. And they've seen great results, but you know, it's pivoted four times. They've blown a couple million dollars. Mm. They've run out of money. Mm. The money's dried up, and he's just tired. So I have a, one call with him. And I'm asking him questions about, okay, so you've pivoted four times where it's at now. Well, now he's been made the mm. CEO, but there's still no money. Okay. But have you got the right people in place? Yeah, the people I've got now got the right people in the right places. And you have the authority to act. Yes, I do. Okay. So do you have a runway to, to launch this? Yeah, we've got a new uh, pathway and process that we're going to through. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, outpatient. Yeah intravenous treatment and it's crazy that it works okay so you've got the pathway you've got the proven model okay so everything is there all the people in the right places the money we can talk to the owner about getting switched back on but you want to quit yeah well it sounds to me like you've after after six years you're actually in the perfect place to launch <laughs> he's like yeah so what's missing and suddenly he says mm. Oh, it's me. Um, I've quit on the inside. I need to stand up. So we do this simple act of him mm -hmm. standing up, and literally he stands up where he was, his phone. I'm standing back into what God's given me as the CEO of this company, as the launch of this startup. We make an action plan. He spoke to the founder. The money got turned on mm. again just from that one conversation, mm -hmm. which was probably the cheapest phone call he's had in his life. And since then, these guys have launched a company that he wanted to quit from. And now we're seeing people that have been, uh, that are walking through functional alcoholics. So one guy is a project uh, contract contractor operating a project, very successful, but functional alcoholic, drinking three six packs a day, going to sleep with either mm. uh, spirits or a bottle of wine mm. every day. For something like 30 years, the guy comes into this program, and by the second day, his wife is saying, if this continues wow. to work like it is, I'm going to cancel divorce proceedings. Carries on like that. By the fourth day, he's got his mind back, switched back on. And now 90 days later, people are coming up to that guy. He's completely free of addiction. And they're saying, you look different. He says, yeah, I've stopped drinking. I said, no, mm. no, no. It looks different. You look younger. So kind of thing that we're seeing with individuals and companies that are being built and established that will literally change the face of society is just, it's just unbelievably fun. And I feel like I'm surrounded by people that are so much smarter than I am, but truly this ability to better walk with God, build excellent business that is changing individuals' lives and in turn is changing society is one of the greatest privileges awesome. I think we'd ever get to and be a so part of. So to go of. back for just one second to your previous statement, 
the things that I walked through, the things that you walked through, you know, while you're right at the time, they were extremely difficult and challenging. Um, I, I wouldn't change one ounce of what I walked through because I wouldn't be the person that I am now. I wouldn't have the relationship with God that I have now. I wouldn't be just the the father, the husband, or the the business person. None of it. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't That's have right. a marketplace ministry had I not walked through and seen God move in so many different ways. And so I think that that is the the power of just surrender. I mean, when we realize that, you know, we think that our plans are are great and wonderful, but when we surrender our plans for his plans, his are always so much better. And, you know, for, for this Boy, gentleman good. right here, Boy, I good. mean, he could have given up and then, you know, these people aren't getting free from things that, that are keeping them in bondage that, that ultimately, Correct. um, you know, I, I've seen alcoholism do a lot with the homeless and I've seen how it destroys not only the person's life, but the family, uh, just generations. And it is just a, a complete tool of the enemy to, uh, destroy families. And, and it works quite well if people don't have right. something that can help them get free. So that's incredible that, that y'all have been able to to come up with something like that through you, know, you guiding him and, and speaking life into him, but yeah, powerful at the so same simple. time. <laughs> so from That's the standpoint of, you know, all of the things yeah. that you're seeing, um, what are for the listeners that are out there, what are the best ways that, that people can learn more about heaven and business and that they can get involved and engaged uh, to, to try and incorporate this in their businesses? Yeah, great. So there's a couple of things. One, um, there's always what's free. So currently, if you just want to check out stuff, you could, there's a blog that comes out a week, uh, every week. Uh, you can jump onto Facebook, Heaven and Business, and you'll see stories of what God's doing all over the world. You can jump on and, and read those. Um, I've got a podcast myself, Authentic Conversations with Andy Mason, which is the messy intersection of faith, family, and work. That's all free. Uh, you can also jump onto heavenandbusiness.com backslash online and get a is a, a two-week trial to our online platform, which literally walks people through the foundations of you and God at work, how to practically build better business with God, different aspects of that, how to hear God at work, how to build a culture of the environment. And then thirdly is how to shape or engage or influence wherever you are. And so there's a bunch of different people on that with us, with application. Uh, we send out uh, quick motivations every Monday morning. I mean, it is fantastic to be, you know, to be able to go in and get some encouragement. Maybe you're having a challenging day and you just need, you know, some sort of godly advice in your business to go in and, and get some sort of uh, divine inspiration. You know, I, I know that, that that has been a great thing for me if I'm in between appointments and I want to click on something and, um, you know, just get a little pep talk. It, it's fantastic. Uh, that's how I've utilized it. And then you guys have conferences as well, right? Correct. So next one's coming up is February the 5th to the 7th. It's called Sacred Work. Uh, there's a bunch of, so it's from the likes of a Bill Johnson, a Chris Valentin, or a Ray Edwards is coming and speaking. And then we've got application 
Uh, so case studies of a business in Colorado that's literally uh, changing some cities. Uh, we've got a guy coming in from an Australian working in uh, Lower China mm. with a coffee company. That coffee that changes the world. It's that's a phenomenal story, and a series of others like that. But it's really that that message of uh, when you are given over to God, everything you do becomes holy and a living sacrifice. Which means you are everything you do, and your work becomes work under God. So sacred work. That's uh, February the fifth to the seventh. What advice would you give them in pursuing what the Lord's called them to do? Yeah, the, the voice of God is it's everything. Um, and we never understand. He never guaranteed it would be easy. But he did say, I would never leave you. So what I'd encourage people is perseverance is, is a character trait that is of internal and immense value. So one, perseverance. So keep going and trusting him. Number two uh, is, is asking him for his voice. Speak to me. What's the word that he's given you? that is sustaining you on a daily basis. So his word, his voice is critical. Number three is wise counsel. So sometimes we're pushing on something, and if we just push slightly different, uh, we'd be amazed what happens. So wise counsel is critical. So who do you have around you that you could be vulnerable and open with about what you're walking through and the challenges that you're facing and invite their input, advice, and if you've got to pay for it, it's probably the best thing you do in your life. Thank you so much for your time. All right. Well, we hope you've enjoyed it today on Living Life on Purpose and share these podcasts. And then also uh, just give us your feedback. Let us know what you think. And also check us out next time. <laughs>